All right, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. We are in the midst of a series that we are looking at the Passion Week through Jewish eyes. Those would be our eyes because we're Jewish. And this is the Passion Week. Uh, we've been talking about the 10th of Nisan. It's this phrase that shows up in the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Uh, and it's really talking about setting aside the lamb for Passover. And from those days, from the 10th of Nisan to the 14th of Nisan, uh, the lamb is supposed to be tested, scrutinized, uh, inspected to make sure that it was qualified for the sacrifice. He had to give a perfect sacrifice. So um, we are jumping into the story. We're going to make these short and quick. Walk with us over the course of this week. Um, now, Jesus is entering Jerusalem, and this is not the end of the story. In, in the modern day observance of, of Passion Week, it jumps right from that story to the crucifixion, from Palm Sunday to Good Friday. And that is the result of the early church really deciding not to follow the Jewish calendar. What what was the background of this? You know, there was a decision made at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. And, you know, it was a symptom of a deeper problem, uh, actually, the the uh, practicing of replacement theology, as we mentioned before, uh, that the church has now replaced Israel's new Israel. What actually happened after the triumphal entry is that he went back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem every day and he entered into a dialogue. You know, you might say a dialogue. It, it was kind of a confrontation, kind of an attack coming from uh, the leaders in Jerusalem with uh, with four different groups. And those groups were the were the priests and the elders, the Pharisees and the Herodians, the Sadducees, and then the Pharisees take one more shot at him. <laughs> yeah. So, so then that that's really what we're going to be parsing out over the next couple of days is those interactions. So today, let's focus in on Jesus's interactions with the priests and the elders, and we're looking at Matthew twenty one, uh, starting in verse twenty three, going up to chapter twenty two, verse. 14. And this is really the first line of attack. It comes from the priests and elders. And the thing that's at, at question here, the, the issue is the authority of Jesus. Um, and it's worth our time to just kind of take a moment and ponder the question of his authority. Why is that? They are putting that forth, uh, questioning his authority, because authority is a very strong word. Uh, it's, it's filled with a lot of meaning when we hear the word authority. You know, there's a certain force that accompanies that word. Uh, it it kind of gives us uh, the sense of someone who can give permission, someone who has power, who can rule, who can control, who uh, can influence. And when someone has authority, that means they're over other people. They have a responsibility uh, beyond the normal uh, people in the society. They are able to determine things and decide things and to render judgments and to wield certain rights and privileges. Right. Well, we have one who is in authority beyond all other authorities in Matthew 28. At the end of the, the gospel of Matthew, Yeshua says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. All right. authority. That's it's an amazing statement. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing statement afterwards and after the death and the resurrection. Um, that's a much easier thing to prove, but what they're trying, the priests and the elders, what they're trying to determine before his death and resurrection is, does he have the authority? Does he demonstrate yeah. that? Yeah. 
And, and he demonstrated that, uh, you know, throughout uh, his ministry in many places, uh, just as an example, when he finished the Sermon on the Mount, it says in Matthew chapter seven and verse 28, the people were astonished at his doctrine because he taught them as one having authority. So he, he never consulted the Sanhedrin. He didn't quote any renowned eminent rabbis. That behavior that he was exemplifying was unacceptable to the religious leaders. And it sets up conflict. And all through his ministry, he's in conflict with the religious leaders. Well, yeah, it's amazing. If you want to have authority, if you're trying to grab authority uh, and somebody else is coming and demonstrating authority that can't be challenged, then now you have this conflict and it it becomes problematic. Uh, You can look in Mark chapter one, verse 22, and uh, Jesus often is going to Capernaum, um, but this passage just says he taught and they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And he he confronts in that same place, he goes to a demon-possessed man with an unclean spirit, and he heals the man, and he casts out the spirit. In verse 27, it says, they were all amazed in so much that they debated among him themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they do obey. It was this, this pull from the actual miracle itself, and it was a question of the authority. Where is he getting this authority? Yeah, it's just amazing because what he's demonstrating time and again is he has the authority to teach whatever he wants to teach, and he doesn't have to footnote anybody else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he, has, he shows his authority by healing the sick. Uh, by forgiving sins, by casting out demons. I mean, he just wields tremendous authority. That's why in the in, in the doing of all of these things and the attributing of that to Satan was the unpardonable sin. In John 10, he has the ultimate uh, authority statement. In, in verse 18, it says, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it again. He had authority for his own resurrection. He had authority to give his life. He had authority to raise it from the dead. Even the Roman soldiers, you know, they, they're looking. And if he wanted to, at any point, he could have commanded all of the angels, summoned all of the angels of heaven. Uh, he could have gotten out of it. it. He was the one who laid it down so that prophecy might be fulfilled. You know, he had so much authority that, he was a problem to the rabbinic system. And I want to be careful in saying that also, because I I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to besmirch my Jewish people here. I mean, there was a problem with within that religious system, but, you know, I would bet if, if he came today, uh, he would have a similar problem with uh, those who were in authority within the church. You know, so uh, this this is a human problem, not just a Jewish problem. But since the Jews are the covenant people and that's who he's coming to and they should have known they uh, they had uh, more responsibility to know and to understand and to look for who was to come and what he was to be like. Uh, But the problem is they believe that they were the authorities. Right. And so they question him about his authority. And, and literally in Matthew 21, verse 23, they, they ask, 
by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Because, you know, in their system, you, you have to be certified. You have to, there, there's a rabbinic certification and they want to know what school did you come from? So what does is, what is Jesus do? What's his response? They are questioning his authority and, uh, you know, they're asking him, by what authority do you do these things? And Yeshua does what any good Jew would do. <laughs> he doesn't answer the question with an answer. He answers the question with a question. And we have that in Matthew 21 uh, in verses 24 to 27. He says, I will also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. And then he says, the baptism of John was from what source? Was that from heaven or from men? And they began reasoning among themselves, saying, if we say it's from heaven, he'll say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the people for they all regard John as a prophet. So in other words, if, if they said John's ministry was not of God, then they're the ones who would be discredited before all of the people because the people consider John to be a prophet. But if they say that the baptism of John is from heaven, that is John's ministry is God ordained. Right. When you, yeah. Then, then Yeshua could say to him, you know, I received my authority from John. <laughs> right. Well, it was, it was John in the very beginning, John 129 says, behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. I got my authority from John. Yeah. So, you know, he has those who are confronting him, the religious leaders who are confronting his Messiahship caught between a rock and a hard place here, just on this first question that they're interrogating with on where he got his authority. Uh, they refused to answer the question. And so he refused to answer theirs. Yeah, it's it's quite a conundrum that they all find themselves in. Um, that is the first one, uh, the first interaction. And uh, we have a few more to go over this week. Thanks for joining us today. Join us for the rest of the week. Every single day, we're going to go through these different interactions. And I promise you that there is a real humdinger at the end of this. There is a turn in every, every one of these conversations. Jesus masterfully. Uh, masterfully goes through these conversations and really leaves them stumped and perplexed. And there's a line in there that I love every single time. And we just miss these because we go straight from Palm Sunday to the crucifixion. And there is so much loaded there in between. So, yeah. hey, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we're going to be back here again tomorrow right away. So join us every single day. Uh, we have blog posts that are fleshing these out a bit more and putting all the passages. So if you're in the car or you're exercising while you're doing this, whatever you're doing, um, you can always go back and we have all those passages that will be there. Uh, but thanks for listening. And uh, until tomorrow, Shalom Shalom Yerushalayim. Remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and uh, we will see you in the morning. All right, Shalom. Shalom.